Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, bartender. the Wednesday Quick Shot and Go Home episode of Hey Bartender Podcast. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, it's good to hear from you. It's good to, well, you know, see you guys uh, jump around on social media all the time. That's always fun. So, everybody, sit back, relax. Let's have a little talk tonight. Uh, but, you know, before we get started with tonight's subject, we got to have the drink special, don't we? Like I said, this is the Quick Shot episode. Uh, so we're going to do something that's short, sweet, and uh, move on with our day or get home before someone yells at us. This week's featured shot comes from the spruceeats.com. It's called the Gladiator Drop Shot Cocktail. The reason why I picked this cocktail is because out of the blue, I just all of a sudden decided, I want to know of a shot that you can make with Southern Comfort. Why Southern Comfort? I have no idea. I just decided I wanted to know how to make a shot with Southern Comfort. So I came up with this Gladiator Drop Shot Cocktail off spruceeats.com. Now, this is like your typical Irish car bomb or uh, any type of drink where you drop a shot into another liquid in a pounder glass and then slam that fucker back. Now, uh, But this one, we try it this way. Grab yourself a shot glass, fill half and half with Southern Comfort Amaretto, and then you get yourself your pounder glass. About a little, do a little bit better than halfway up with equal parts Seven Up and orange juice because we want to make sure that that uh, shot glass goes under the orange juice or goes under the liquid that's inside the shot glass or inside the powder glass. Wow, well, just really screwing this up. So what you do is you take your shot glass, you slide it down the side of the glass because you don't want to drop it too hard and have the bottom of the pounder glass fall off, which I've done, or have a glass chip and end up uh, the customer drinking it. You uh, slide the shot of Amaretto and Southern Comfort into the 7-Up and orange juice and let them pound that fucker back uh, as hard as they feel like it. Whether or not the shot glass comes down too fast and pounds them in the nose or breaks one of their teeth, well, that's all totally up to you whether or not you want to deal with that or not. But that is the Gladiator Drop Shot Cocktail brought to you by the SpruceEats.com. I'll have a picture of it and uh, uh, the recipe for it up on the HeyBartenderPodcast.com website. And uh, you can check it out later or just if you're really on top of things, write it down now after I just talked about it. Rewind the podcast just a couple seconds or more than a couple seconds and then uh, write it down or Hell, if you're even uh, one of the really cool bartenders out there that keep telling me that they like to listen to my podcast while they're closing, if nobody's watching, try one out yourself. Why not? 
Anyway, let's move on a little bit. First, I want to mention before we really get going here, bartendersowncoffee.com. The, this is blends of coffee that is chosen by a bartender. And you go to bartenderzonecoffee.com. You can check out the many different blends that they have. They have everything from their own house blend to a French roast and a breakfast roast. It, well, it's called Breakfast Plus. It has an extra shot of caffeine in there that will take take you to new strides. I'm not going to say it's going to change your life or anything like that, but... It will put a spring in your step a little bit. Trust me. Go to bartenderzonecoffee.com. Okay, this uh, particular episode subject is brought up by a uh, fan from Facebook. She, uh, well, let me look up the email real quick. Ah, here it is. Uh, it's uh, I was emailed by uh, Heather Props. Props. Heather. Oh, we'll call her Heather for now. Uh, she writes this really enjoying the podcast takes me back to my bar going days in the nineties around long beach, California. Yeah. Bukowski land. We were bar flies to all my friends. Uh, I, you know, of course responded to her. That's great. I'm happy to bring you back some memories. Thank you for listening. She uh, wrote back to me. Uh, you should do a thing on real dive bars and how rare they are. You know what, Heather, why the hell not? Because in this day and age of COVID-19 and all that sort of things, there are a lot, and I mean a lot, of privately owned bars that are closing down right now because they just don't have the money or are not able to maintain their business long enough in order to really make money, pay the bills. And so this episode, yes, is dedicated to privately owned dive bars. Yeah, that's that's uh, the only other time that I get to use that effects button. I'll have more later. Now, during my bartending career, I never worked corporate. And the reason uh, behind that is, well, one, they never hired me. And two, I was, after getting a taste of working in a privately owned bar, I just had a better time. Because uh, it seemed like that in the privately owned bars, you felt more control over what was going on behind your bar. You you weren't stuck to various uh, various things, and you were had you you were able to be creative. You were able to tell uh, dirty jokes, and you were able to really uh, commune with the customers a lot more. Now, let's say you work in a corporate place. I'm not now that I want to state this right off right off the bat here. I am not knocking corporate uh, restaurants. You guys, you do your thing. You do you. Uh, but working in a mom and pop uh, bar restaurant always just seemed like less stiff. I mean, corporate, I, I can stand there and watch. I used to go visit my friends who asked, uh, actually worked in corporate restaurants. And I'd watch them do their thing. And... Everything seems so damn rushed. It, they get the customers in and then drop their uh, get their order, drop their food, and before they're even a quarter of the way through their meal, the bill's already dropped on the on the table. I'm just gonna leave this right here for you. Hope you're enjoying your meal. I'll pick it up whenever you're ready. And they, you know, they barely got started on their in on their meal. And 
of course, when the customer sees that bill right uh, staring at them, they feel almost pressured to leave. Now, in a mom and pop uh, bar, that at least the ones that I worked at, there was no pressure. In fact, there were, you know, sure, you want to turn over the tables as fast as you can if you're a server. The bartender, uh, it wasn't so much of a turnover type of thing. But uh, as a server, sure, you want to turn over those tables, but you had time to mingle. You had time to be friendly, and it wasn't like, here's your food, now get out. Not to mention the corporate uh, atmosphere had to be family-friendly. Oh, God. And, of course, you got to deal with the kids running up and down the aisles, mom and dad trying to eat their meal and try to keep them quiet, and the kids saying, I didn't want to eat this or whatever. And it, it, it was those corp, that corporate atmosphere. I just sat back and it's like, well, I was going to come in and visit my friend, uh, but even uh, she, she was not actually not allowed to talk too long to a customer. Otherwise the manager would be riding her ass, even though I knew the manager too, and uh, had some great stories about him, but let's not talk about that uh, at least for now. You ever see the movie Waiting? I bring it up constantly all the time in my podcast, mostly because uh, I wouldn't mind getting people like Ryan Reynolds and Anna Ferris to be guests on my show. But that is probably the closest to what it would be like working in a corporate type of bar situation. You're just you you don't there you don't really talk about the customers, you don't really want the customers there. And you 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 basically learn to hate all of them. But let's talk about the dive bars, the mom and pop owned. Now, years ago, and there was a a conversation between some people that I heard on the radio where they said the perfect bar has to be dark. It has to be smoky, you know, basically lit by the beer signs that are on the wall in the TV with whatever on it. And it was the smell and the dark and, and out of the darkness, you see the pool tables. That's what set the atmosphere. And that's always what made people feel comfortable. Now, you know, it was, it was kind of one of those things like, uh, that's what made people comfortable. But then all of a sudden corporate comes into play and, corporations yeah they're there to make money uh and so it's not just you can't have people hanging around and uh drinking and running up a large tab because you got to get those people out so you can bring up bring in fresh people so they can run a tab so you can get those people out and but have you ever seen yourself hang out at uh, one of the corporate bars, I don't want to say any of their names just because I don't want to get sued. And just, I mean, just hang out and have a good time. No, you don't, re- you don't really see people there for more than maybe an hour or two happy hour. You know, uh, you go to certain places, they have happy hour specials on their, uh, appetizers, but you're not really comfortable because you, uh, you're almost pushed to leave. Now, in the mom-and-pop places, uh, like there was this one bar I was at where it was just... Uh, the the whole strip mall area was basically one giant area for bars and restaurants. 
uh, and the big corporate places had the ones upstairs, but there was still room for the small uh, mom and pop owned places. Now, the big one of the big corporate ones that I went to, I was comfortable at be- just because uh, they had great music there. They had the live band, uh, and uh, they were playing good music, really entertaining. But if I were at going to go out there and sit and drink, there was this one little one hole in the wall. I um, talked about them a long time ago on the podcast, and I'm not going to dive onto my phone and try to figure out what their name is right now. Uh, but great place, mostly because the bartender was gorgeous, and she was ultra friendly, not fake, and uh, and I was being real to her. And I wasn't using a pickup line. The guy, uh, the guy I was hanging out with, one of the guys I was hanging out with was using every pickup line in the book. But she was deflecting him like Wonder Woman and her bracelets. It was hilarious. Well, I'm going to take a second here to talk about what makes a good dive bar. Now, first, foremost, is pretty much everything in my life, music. The music makes the dive bar. And you can't just put any old jukebox in there and, or, well, they. this is dating me because uh, I... Uh, when I bartended, we still had a, the jukebox in there. We didn't have the MP3 giant music player thing where you can download any music on the face of the planet except for the ones that uh, wouldn't, you know, except for the artists that wouldn't sign over uh, the ability to do that. Like, what was it? Uh, Garth Brooks, the Beatles. Anyway, but anyway, music is the thing that matters in the bar. That's what starts. That's what people hear before they come in and I don't know if uh, it probably depends on what kind of atmosphere that you you're trying to set out because if you walk up to a country western bar country western themed and you're in the mood for lion dancing and right outside the door the first song you hear is Cotton Eye Joe yeah you're probably thinking okay we're gonna have a good night but since most of most people that drink hopefully are over the age of 21, if the first thing, first music that they hear as they're entering the restaurant is some kind of top 40 thing, they're going to turn their nose up a little bit because once we reach 21, we don't listen to top 40 anymore. Sure, yeah, the, we do have those guilty pleasures where we, uh, a lot of us people who are in our 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, we do have those guilty pleasures of listening to some kind of top 40 song. Me, myself, big fan, Bruno Mars. I think he's a brilliant musician and uh, brings a lot back to R&B that has been missing for a long time. But if you're over 21 and you hear Britney Spears, okay, that might be kind of funny at first, but you already have it in your head. You're not going to be there for very long, I bet. You know what type of music that I always find that works great for every single dive bar out there, classic rock from the 70s. And I'm talking Journey. I'm talking Sticks. Uh, maybe even some stuff from the 80s. Not, Don't go too crazy. Not too much George Michael or AHA or anything like that. But the uh, a lot of classic rock from the 70s is usually where, where people kind of feel comfortable. I mean... Uh, 
it's you know you get those people that all of us they're drunk and all of a sudden they're singing along it's just a small town gal and you know that it's just fun and funny to watch or uh some people are able to just to sit back and feel the chill of listening to black water by the doobie brothers i mean probably during the 90s 80s 90s uh probably every jukebox out there had a copy of journey's greatest hits in their jukebox because everybody needed to listen to uh don't stop believing separate ways or on those really melancholy nights open arms oh dear god i hated those nights but you also had to have the rougher tougher songs i mean like you gotta have some stevie ray vaughn going got a little listen to a little bit of like pride and joy little wing or crossfire you know those those were like essentials that you had to have in your bar uh, mostly for the rougher tougher crowd you know George Thorogood the Destroyers. Uh, you couldn't be too top 40. You could maybe throw one or two uh, CDs in that jukebox just to keep things interesting, see if people will pay attention. But, like, Billy Joel didn't necessarily fit in the bar, even though he, in my worthless opinion, wrote one of the best bar songs ever. Piano Man. I mean, listen. you listen to that song. He paints a perfect picture of what the bar looks like to the guy playing the piano up on the stage that nobody's listening to. Well, of course, well, everybody's listening to him because they're begging him, sing us a song, you're the piano man. But uh, it paints a great picture. And, you know, you got John at the bar, uh, gets me drinks for free, quick with joke, the light of smoke, gets, uh, but there's some place he'd rather be. Okay, true. Yeah, most of us bartenders have uh, some kind of other agenda, especially uh, the ones that have time to think about it, uh, which dive bars are great for the, great for that. Then you got the real estate novelist, the guy that sits there talking about he's going to write the great American novel, but he works in real estate, or Davy, who's still in the Navy, and probably still is. You know, they, they're the ones that are more likely to be hanging out in the dive bars, and that is the perfect picture of a dive bar but you don't hear billy joel too often which is a shame i'm a huge billy joel fan if anybody ever wants to send me tickets to go see billy joel at madison square garden if they ever open up the garden so he can perform there again please send them to me i would love to go see billy joel at the garden uh you know in fact send me send me anything this is something that i have never done on the show so pay attention uh the Address for Hey Bartender Podcast is P.O. Box 12148, Odessa, Texas, 79768. If you have anything that you want to share with me or uh, giveaways or, you know, anything, just mail it to me and uh, we can talk about it on the show or we can uh, use it to spread the word about you and your place. It's that easy. What was I talking about? Oh, dive bars. Okay, now I've covered a little bit on music. Maybe I'll do a bigger show when it comes to proper bar music a little bit later. But now, atmosphere. Do you need all of that crap on the walls? You got uh, like ha- uh, you go to the corporate places. You got like half a trombone, a broken guitar, uh, some high school local high school paraphernalia. Uh, you know, broken accordion. Uh, pool cue 
uh, even though there's no, uh, no pool in that bar or restaurant, uh, you know, various sports uh, equipment that hasn't been used in 50 years. Do you really need all that shit on the walls? It's like that, uh, hey, Farva, what's the name and all of that? That restaurant that you like with the mozzarella sticks and all the shit on the walls? You mean shenanigans? Are we talking about... Oh, yeah. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. But do you need all that stuff? I mean, dive bars, they don't... They, they create the atmosphere, and it's, uh, you know, centered around what's going on right there. And, you know, sure, the bar owner, the person who opened the place initially had this vision in mind on what they wanted it to be. Uh, they've got s some sports memorabilia, preferably their favorite team. So like in the case of one of the bars I worked at, I'm sure that uh, the owner would have wallpapered the whole place with 49ers stuff, but he didn't. And But there was no real specific team stuff. We had bar mirrors. We had the, the bar neon lights. And, uh, you know, it was kept really simple in the bar that I worked at, but I've been to other bars where the people, you know, they made it real sports oriented. They had sports memorabilia all over the place or the music oriented place. Uh, was that same, uh, that same bar, uh, that I was talking about. Um, there was pictures of like Elvis, uh, and the Beatles and the stones, you know, uh, just a bunch of music, music acts, postered all over the place and or even framed nicely framed there was this one great picture uh of elvis presley and Anne margaret from probably from a movie i don't think it was viva las vegas well well maybe i don't know uh but there was a great picture of that and well it wasn't just music it was a lot of classic pop culture let's call it that because there was also another photo framed in there that i'd never seen of marilyn monroe uh, bench pressing. And I was just, I've never seen that before. That is awesome. And, uh, it's, uh, it, it really brought the bar together for me and made me feel comfortable because music and pop culture, that's what I'm into. And, uh, you know, when I see, uh, photos that I've never seen before up on the wall, you know, it gets my attention. And so atmosphere, does it need to be dark? Preferably. Does it need to be lit by the beer signs and the uh, and the TV? Once it, candles, also candles at the table. Okay, preferably. Does it need to have track lighting and a single lamp coming down over every table? No, no, I don't. I don't think so because in dive bars, if you have things hanging down from the ceilings like light bulbs or something like that. Those are no longer just for lighting. They become targets you know, for somebody to whack as they go walk by or something to hit when they miss their pool shot. Trust me on this one. You know, I hope people agree with me on that one. But the atmosphere stays consistent. It's almost like going home. And because, you know, if you're going to be a sports bar, you show sports. If you're going to be a music bar, well, you still got to show sports because sports is a pretty big deal for most bar type situations. But you can also have uh, music stations going on there. I've been into tons of places mom and pop owned that were showing classic rock videos. Not even classic rock. Maybe, uh, you know, showing everything from uh, Metallica 
uh, Aerosmith, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, the Rolling Stones, uh, you know, just, show, just showing all types of good rock and roll. Whereas in corporate, they got to keep it family family friendly, so they can't be showing uh, music like that. They got to have something really light, barely hearable over the atmosphere, uh, over everybody's talking. Really, you can't hear it, so there's no point to having ambient music inside your bar, uh, inside a corporate bar. So, music is all once again very important. And finally, the uh, thing that I'm going to bring up here was the final thing that is most important with the mom and pop store dive bars, the bartender, duh, and their servers, of course. There's, uh, you know, got to have one or two servers running the floor just so the bartender can stay and entertain people up on the stage, what, what I like to call it sometimes, just because that's where it is. Uh, that's where everybody's attention is on the, on the bartender. The bartender behind the bar, ha- you know, there's no have to. There is no uh, real specific anything. Do, does a bartender have to know everything about sports? No. Can Does a bartender be, have to be able to talk about sports? No. The bartender has to be who they are. And you, you yourself, when you get behind the bar, you establish your own character. And if you, you don't know about sports, customers are going to see right through that and they're going to go somewhere else where they can talk to somebody about sports. If you try to go, oh, yeah, sports, uh, yeah, that all oh, that game last night, you, oh, wow, that, yeah, that was, you, you get sometimes, yeah, you got to bullshit your way through. But if you don't know about sports, don't pretend to. It, that loses trust with your customers. If you know more about music, if you know more about, well, you don't know anything about football, but you know a lot about NASCAR, you know you can talk about that all day long. There will be people that are joining in on the conversation. It's just that easy. And the bartender in a, in a regular dive bar versus corporate is able to actually have a conversation, is able to actually get to know people, I mean, sure, you go into some corporate places, there's a couple people sitting at the bar, but most of the time people feel like they have to bring somebody in there with them. And the customer's not talking to you, so all you have to do is just drop off the drink and you can walk away. But majority, even during happy hour, majority of the restaurants uh, that are corporate that I've been into, there's nobody sitting at the bar. The tables, they're all full up everywhere. But nobody's sitting at the bar, and usually if they are sitting at the bar, they're waiting for a table to open up. But as the bartender, you've got to have the personality. They've got, you've got to be the person that they look forward to seeing as if they're going to go visit a really cool friend or cousin uh, uh, right after work the, or at the end of the night after a long day. You, you've got to be consistent. You've got to be yourself. That's the big thing. If you don't know about Marvel movies, don't talk about them. If you don't know anything about the Chicago Cubs, don't talk about them. Uh, I mean, if you do live in like specific areas, like if you do live in Chicago, you got I'm sure you got to know about the, the Cubs or the White Sox. If you live in New York, you got to know something about the Mets or the Yankees. And just because sports are huge there. But I worked in Oregon. There were the only professional sports team in Oregon at that time were the Portland Trailblazers. And 
you, all you basically needed to know is they really try hard, but they end up blowing it towards playoffs. And the closest football team was the Seattle Seahawks. Sure, there were a couple fans uh, that would wander in every now and then, but I never really had to deal with it just because it's Oregon. And we are the only, like I said, we never didn't have a, a baseball team. We didn't have a football team. There was always a lot of talk about building one, but they never got around to it. We also had the Portland Winterhawks, so, but no, nobody ever really talked about them. Portland Winterhawks were hockey, by the way, if, for those of you who don't know. But I always made my way through by talking about music. And I'm sure there were a couple customers that I had that would like to talk business, would like to talk politics, would like to know my thoughts on the up-and-coming election. And I would always just go, you know what, I really don't have an opinion because I chose not to. Uh, I'm just like now you you're not going to catch me doing some kind of political standoff on my podcast that's not what we're that's not what I'm here for I'm here to support bartenders and servers god damn it and by supporting bartenders and servers I also support small businesses and small businesses are those dive bars those mom and pop run restaurants who are all suffering during this pandemic because they are not able to keep their doors open or bring in enough business to really pay the bills or pay their employees. So a lot of people right now are getting laid off. A lot of people are losing their unemployment because they were already laid off and mom and pop stores are closing right and left. So if you yourself have a chance and you notice that your favorite mom and pop run store or uh, bar restaurant is, has, uh, drive up or something. I uh, encourage everybody out there to help support each other. Now I'm, you know, I'm hoping that a lot of bartenders and servers are listening to this, but you know, you can support your own restaurant. Sure. Yeah. You'd just be taking the money that they gave you, give it right back. But what if you went to the other restaurant that maybe down the street, across the street from your restaurant and help support them a little bit? Send, you know, send the money around say, yeah, uh, I work uh, down there. Uh, haven't seen you guys in a long time because, you know, maybe they came over and visited you. You came over and visited them. And I just really had a hankering for some mozzarella sticks. We got to help support each other be, uh, because the small businesses just don't have a voice out there anymore. The corporations are able to open up and able to stay afloat because they make money in lots of different ways. And the small mom and pop stores just are barely hanging on if that. And like Kenny Stewart was saying, uh, the guy that runs Fraternal Order of Bartenders on Facebook, like he was saying, have a little bit of fun with it. Show up in a robe and fluffy slippers or in a cosplay or something like that because it'd be fun. Why not? You know, have, Spider-Man just ordered mozzarella sticks and a side of ranch. Can you believe it? You know, wouldn't that be awesome? Come on. Uh, because DoorDash and all that stuff, they not only charge you for uh, your food, but they're also charging the restaurant for delivering it. You Can you believe that shit? Anyway. So, well, uh, that's... Well, pretty much my short, short skinny of dive bars and stuff like that. It's just, uh, it'll probably 
develop in, uh, into something a little bit bigger a little bit later. Uh, but I'd really like to thank Heather Propes for giving me the idea to talk about uh, dive bars and stand on my soapbox for a few minutes to kind of give you an idea of what the dive bars should be, what makes customers feel comfortable. And, you know, do whatever, do what you do. It's, you, don't try to change yourself you, uh, in order to fit in in a certain area. If you don't fit in there, you probably don't belong there anyways. But as long as you stay true to yourself. I mean, if you're not a sports nut, don't work at a sports bar uh, because you'll just end up making a fool of yourself. Anyway, that's it for the quick shot episode of Hey Bartender podcast on this Wednesday night. Uh, just like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, thank you, Heather, once again, for giving me the, the subject to talk about today. Uh, thank you, the Spruce Eats, for uh the shot recipe that I can't remember that I'm quickly looking up on my cell phone. Right. Oh, the gladiator drop shot cocktail. If you try that shot, let me know what you think of it. Cause it sounds actually kind of cool. Um, Spruceeats.com. You can get a lot of great recipes off that. Don't forget. You can show your support for Hey Bartender podcast by going over to www.heybartenderpodcast.com and pick up a t-shirt or something and I would be extremely grateful because I want to build this show up to, uh, you know, actually move, uh, going around and featuring some of you great people who listen to my show. I've been getting a lot of fan mail lately, and it feels awesome. So uh, go to www.heybartenderpodcast.com. And don't forget to go to bartenderszonecoffee.com to pick up some morning wake-up juice. They've got a lot of great blends on there, and you should give them a try right now. That's bartenderszonecoffee.com. So until the next episode, which will probably come out on Saturday night, I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing for that episode just yet, but uh, keep your eye on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow me both uh, on both of those social media accounts. It's Hey Bartender Podcast. Jump on there. You'll find out what the show is going to be about and when the show is going to be posted. Until next time, people. As usual, I just want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got paid.